We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. What are first principles and are there any that relate to e-commerce sellers specifically? In this episode, we're going to explore the topic of first principles, how it relates directly to e-commerce sellers and how they can apply it to their business to increase revenue or decrease expenses, grow their business over time. So, Michael, are you ready to jump into this with me? I am. I love this question every week. It's great. Are, are, are you willing? <laughs> I am. I am are more than willing. willing. I love this stuff. I, I absolutely love this stuff. Yeah. I, I think uh, the really exciting thing about first principles is this. Tactical stuff gets talked about all the time. There's something about the e-commerce world and internet marketing generally, where there's a sort of great dynamic where everyone shares tactical stuff and, and tools and the latest uh, hacks all the time, obsessively. And yeah, that's worth having. But what I love about this is first principles are hidden in plain sight. They're available to anyone who can read a textbook or, or a book mm -hmm. generally, or look at a Wikipedia article. And yet the application of them well in e-commerce I see is pretty rare actually in the smaller businesses. And I think that what I see is that the businesses that scale quickly from seven to eight figures, I haven't worked mm -hmm. with many of those, but a couple of those, and I know some people who have really are more aware of those and they value them greatly, which is a big hint that uh, I think there's massive value in them as a competitive advantage. Yeah, totally agree. And it might be helpful for, for the listeners to just understand sort of where this line of thinking came from and, and kind of how I pulled the string together. I, I heard Elon Musk talking about first principles thinking in terms of rocket engineering. And I, I like SpaceX and I like to watch their rockets blow up and and they, they're, they're biggies that they're doing right now. They've blown up a couple of them now. If you haven't watched those videos on YouTube, it's highly watchable. You can watch the live stream just forward to the end until it blows up. It's kind of the way I do it. And But he was talking about these this first principles of engineering thinking. And then, so then I was like, well, what is he even talking about? What does that even mean? So then I kind of went down the YouTube rabbit hole and just listened to his speeches where he talks about first principles. And he's basically talking about breaking down concepts into the very fundamental ideas in any exercise. And of course, he applies these kinds of things to engineering, like how he's trying to design a warehouse that makes cars really quickly. And he calls it the machine that builds the machine, you know. And so, so when I started thinking about his application of first principles to rocket design and warehouses and stuff like that, or, you know, facilities for manufacturing. I thought, well, that's really cool for him, but it doesn't apply to us in any way, shape or form because we're in e-commerce. And I thought that for a week or two, I was like, oh, it was kind of interesting to hear him say those details. But then, then I had a client conversation and someone was um, talking about spending money on Facebook and this idea of law of diminishing returns came to my mind which was a direct application to that, the, that person's business uh, use of Facebook ads. And then the light bulb, you know, hit me. It was like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Law of diminishing returns. That's microeconomics. And then it just was like a duh moment for me. It was like, duh, what do you think applies to e-commerce? It's, it, it's a set of, you know, microeconomics, a few other core disciplines that have really, really foundational or fundamental, you know, concepts. And so therefore, then I started to just doodle out, oh, okay, what are all the first principles for e-commerce sellers? 
And you and I have this long list. I don't even know how long it is now. We have an air table full of these ideas. And so that's really the genesis of, you know, this just general idea of trying to apply first principles thinking to e-commerce. And I had a quote from, from Elon Musk and then really a framework that we can talk about as well for how, what, what are we even talking about? How does this work? But that's sort of the first reflection on it. Michael, if you have any thoughts or perspective on that, how this applies, building yeah. the machine that builds the machine is yeah. such a fun quote, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I love that quote. It's a personal resonance for me because my grandfather was a mechanical engineer and so is my uncle. And so I guess it's probably in my genes to a degree, you know, um, talking a lot. My, my mum was a language teacher and so was her mum. But there's there's something about mechanics that fascinates me, the mechanics of how a system works. And I guess that's why I love working on the sort of big picture stuff, because I guess it's systems thinking, right? But my grandfather literally used to design machines that would make parts for aircraft. That was his job for years. And there's something fascinating about that, because, of course, if you design a machine that, that builds a machine and the machine that builds the machine is better built, then everything else flows much, much better, right? And I guess in terms of entrepreneurship, we could say the machine that builds the machine is actually a person. The entrepreneur builds the machine. So if we can re-engineer the, the entrepreneur's thinking in a uh, way that's fundamentally correct, you know, that ties in with the realities of life, then there's huge power in that. Yeah, totally agree. And there's a the, the nice quote from Elon Musk that kind of frames this topic, I think, will get us into this these, these three stages of first principles thinking that we're going to share here. But his quote is basically this. It's important to view knowledge as a semantic tree. Be sure to understand the fundamental principles, the truth and the big branches before you get to the leaves or the details of where there's nothing for them to hang onto. And sorry, I botched the quote a little bit, but you get the idea. The I'll just read it again cleanly. It's important to view knowledge as a semantic tree. Be sure to understand the fundamental principles, the truth, and the big branches before you get to the leaves or the details, or there's nothing for them to hang onto. And I really like that quote a lot because it kind of frames things out pretty well. Because I think as e-commerce sellers, especially when we get into it or we're trying to pioneer new things in our business, a lot of times what can happen is we model other people's behavior to try to grow. We, you know, we, we're, we're all copycats at heart. I mean, you know, copying is the most sincere form of flattery or whatever the quote is. And I think a lot of us will do that. We'll be, be like, oh, oh, how does this work? Who's doing it? And can I just copy what they're doing? And to some extent, that actually is technically, you know, a first step. But the problem with it is we learn tactics sometimes without understanding the fundamental underlying ideas or, or details. And so that, I think that's sort of the idea here is don't just learn a tactic. Don't just learn, you know, some little you know, twist or, you know, idea for e-commerce. Actually learn the fundamental principles, the basics that'll really, really help you grow a business over time. Yeah, I think that's sort of the, the gist of it. And yeah. our three basic layers of thinking for first principles we want to talk about. But yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I would think you're right. I mean, basically higher order primates of which we are one as human beings learn by copying what other people do. And that's fine. But we happen to have this ability to think analytically if we work really, really hard. By the way, it that's layered on millions of years of evolution of not thinking very well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. There's, it's okay as a starting point to copy other people, but it's way better to understand first principles behind it. So talking of which, how do we actually apply this? What, what does this mean in practical terms? How do we apply first principles thinking? Yeah. So there's a little framework 
that, that that applies here that I'll just share share screen and 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 basically walk through this the the framework for applying first principles thinking that I'm suggesting we apply here to our own businesses is that the first step is you identify and define your current assumptions about what you're doing and that could be very broad or it could be very specific but look for assumptions in your thinking and then the second thing is break down the problem into its fundamental principles as broken down into the granular detail as possible. And we have a set of questions we'll show in a minute about how to how to do that. And then the third thing is to create new solutions that are different than what other people have done before, maybe completely original or, or maybe just hunting for new solutions that are better than what you're currently uh, doing or current work working with. And that that's the framework. Very, very straightforward in first blush, but the devil's in the details, as it were. And I think this first idea is really to, to, to probe into it is, I think, a lot of interesting work there to be done, which is what are our assumptions about whatever it is that we're working through? And are those correct or incorrect? And what do they lead to? You know, thoughts or reflections on that? Yeah, I like it a lot. What I think you've immediately done is identify for me something that I hadn't thought of, which is identifying and defining your current assumptions. Because I I thought, okay, so how do we find first principles? We start with the fundamental principles. But actually, that's probably not the starting point. What we've got to do is start with where we're at. And what we're at is, oh, well, I think this works like this. And you're quite right that actually, I suppose you could say that's based on the first principles of psychology. But one of the first principles of psychology is that we think we know stuff. And it's often not true. <laughs> and so we need to recognize that. We need to have humility to go, I think I know X, but is that really true? And then you've got right. to figure out how to identify your assumptions, some of which will be conscious, some of which will be unconscious. Even that's a process. And then, you know, making sense of that, writing it down helps, I guess. And yeah, you're right, actually. I think a lot of the value of dialogue as a tool for business owners, and one reason why a business coach is an incredibly useful thing, is that it's very hard to see your own assumptions. And mm-hmm. uh, I would just say that having outside help in mm-hmm. some form probably is a very powerful for that reason alone, really. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. That's why a mentor or a board of directors or a business coach, e-commerce coach, I mean, that that's mostly what we do in our coaching practice is ask people, you know, why? Why this? Why that? What, you know, what's... What are they thinking about what they're doing here or there and or how are they reflecting on something? And sometimes it's interesting that somebody will present us with a set of facts and they will be really discouraged. Like it, it will have affected them emotionally. And Kyle and I see the facts and we're like, this is great. <laughs> you know, like, this is terrific. And they'll be like, no, this is horrible. And we're like, no, this is great. And it's the same fact or same fact set, but we have a different point of view. And we have basic assumptions that we're bringing to the party. They have basic assumptions they're bringing to the party. And it, that's the power of having a small group mastermind or a coach or that kind of thing. And totally agree because you really have blind spots. What's yeah. the old Rumsfeld uh, quote? There are things you know, there are things you don't know, and there are things you don't know you don't know. And therein lies the big problem. And that's why people's businesses frequently crater. That's why people's businesses do not fit, uh, succeed. That's why pe- people's businesses plateau and never de-plateau, you know, never hit a new growth trajectory because of the assumptions that we use day to day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think, yeah, things you don't know, you don't know, almost by definition, 
you can't solve that on your own. I mean, you need mm -hmm. to get an outside eye. And I think that's when having multiple different views from the outside, I'm not saying a, a coach isn't good or an expert in a particular area is good, but having a, in the end, an accountant, uh, a lawyer, a coach, mm -hmm. um, peers in a mastermind is is really important stuff so okay so there's the broad idea so how does this actually relate to e-commerce then what's the next step well i think as i started to reflect on the idea of tapping into the first principles i mentioned already that the first idea was the law of diminishing returns that really piqued my interest and we've talked about this already in a prior podcast i think we drove into that a, a little bit law of diminishing returns and ladra ladria law of diminishing returns for advertising and the th that's just one tiny concept, but that's microeconomics. And so I, I think the first thing we should do is just ask ourselves, once we start to really drill into assumptions about our businesses, how do we look for bodies of knowledge that we can you know, apply? And I, I think the microeconomics body of knowledge is huge. It's vast amount of concepts that apply directly to many parts of the e-commerce seller's business. And the other big body of work that I think directly applies is behavioral psychology. There's so much work that's been done now by people like Dan Ariely and, and others, the Freakonomics guys, and real deep insight into consumer behavior and what consumers will and won't do in certain situations. And that is a weird and wacky world. And so often what the, they learn is that there are counterintuitive outcomes or out, you know, activities that consumers will engage in or, or take up as practices that you just wouldn't assume that's the way the world would work. And small little you know, ideas will make a big difference. As they say, big doors swing on little hinges. And so I think, I think behavioral psychology will play a big part in our uh, application or our hunting for first principles for e-commerce sellers as we go through this. Those, you know, those are two that come to my mind. You know, beyond microeconomics and behavioral psychology, though, I don't know what what are your thoughts in terms of what might be other bodies of work or areas. <laughs> I like to be, you know, what there's a German saying: "Why be simple when you can be complicated?" And I have a bad habit of doing that. So you can rein me in. Between <laughs> us, we'll get a perfect blend. So I, I think that there's a lot of first principles that that can and I think really speaking do apply to e-commerce so I've got a couple that I think are good and then I'll ask you that you must have other ones as well in mind I guess the first one is systems thinking I love your your recommendation gold Rat, the goal which is really really fantastic mm -hmm. book about systems and and law of what is it the sort of theory yeah. of constraints mm -hmm. which I think is really 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 important right now in e-commerce yeah. because the two constraints that show up is cash or cash flow and stock and stock management stock flow and both things are really uh, big challenges right now and that's extremely everyday yeah. real stuff so the book that you referenced was the goal by ella yahoo Goldrate, yeah. and it's an old book and you gotta get that it's an an allegory book it's, it's a story about a factory and but the principles he pulls out are you know supply chain related production related theory of constraints is the core concept that he pulls out so so yeah that's a that's a great book not to go deep into it we've already talked about yeah. that a lot before i think but that's I, I totally agree theory of constraints is a huge one yeah so but systems thinking in more broad broad uh, seeking i think what i'm realizing now is that if i want to really help system e-commerce sellers to grow mm -hmm. i need to help them overcome the constraints of of the system they're running and working mm -hmm. at any single part of it without thinking about the system as a whole isn't going to work. So let's put it simply, systems, massive. The second thing I think is more arguable, less less kind of practical, 
but it's mm-hmm. on my personal obsession is geopolitics and the general business environment, macroeconomics, if you will, as well. Some people are really anti sort of macroeconomics, like uh, Warren Buffett, who has to be massively respected. So I take that point. I, I do think it affects us uh, directly in e-commerce in two ways, for example, China and US relationship and Brexit, uh, you know, the two practical things. The third sure. thing is obviously the basics of technology. And Moore's law, for example, means that processing power keeps increasing at a fairly predictable rate. And that has quite a few knock-on effects, some of which are really hard to predict. But I think we've got to account for that since we're in a technology-driven world in e-commerce. So those are the basics. What, what are your thoughts with other things that are still first principle? Well, let me just comment, make a comment on the on the one you just mentioned, which is the the technology, Moore's Law, and the e-commerce functionality. I mean, we were early into this, I guess you could say early into it. I mean, we started in, in 2007, 2008, when eBay was the way to do it. And, and technology back then for your own website and stuff was a slog. And I think many people, their frame of reference when it comes to e-commerce selling is that it's primarily a technology, you know, exercise. Or that their constraint in their mind is the technology is too complicated. I don't understand it. Therefore, I can't do it. And that assumption is just so, I mean, I think a lot of us who are coaches or book writers or, you know, we're trying to encourage people, podcasters, we're trying to encourage people to try e-commerce. And one of the things we have to constantly say to them, it's not that hard. It's not that hard to set up a Shopify. It's not that hard to, you know, do any of this stuff. But there's tension there because you don't want to be a shiny object seller. And be like, you can make a million bucks, so so easy. But but the technology has become easier and easier over time. Shopify has made things just frankly, just incredible, amazing for sellers to sell on their own website. So I, I take your point completely on that. You're right. There is a lot of underlying technology components to e-commerce selling, obviously, and uh, and total totally would agree with that. I'm just responding as it happens at the moment to someone who asked for the link to try to find the link to, to one of the books uh, that we just, to the book we just referenced. So yeah. I'll do that we'll, we'll put the links by the way on, at the e-commerce leader.com. We'll put the links mm-hmm. to all of all yeah. the books we referenced today, yeah. which will be quite a few, I think when yeah. we come into first principles, yeah. uh, by the way, just to the point you just made, I mean, what you've identified is a kind of e-commerce platform law. Let's call it Miles's law. Uh, if nobody else has identified it, which is to say it gets easier and easier over time. So the technology side is less and less significant mm-hmm. when you're starting a business anyway. It's more and more, I think, about actually being a good business person, whereas back yeah. in the day, it's probably more about being able to code in HTML, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Hey there, guys. Thank you so much, as ever, for listening to today's podcast. And this is the first of two parts where we've broken down into bite-sized chunks, the first principles thinking for e-commerce. This is a new line of uh, questioning, if you like, a new line of topics for Jason and myself. I think we're both pretty excited about this because we both have that nerdy edge, I guess, let's be frank. But also it is because we both sense the massive power of really applying this well in e-commerce, apart from anything else, as we've discussed off air. Not that many people are really talking about this in the e-commerce space. And I really think there's a monster opportunity for anyone who grasps these principles firmly and applies them consistently to their own business to get a competitive advantage over your competition that is harder to engineer than pretty much anything else. So today we really covered the most important thing, I think, of the how to apply your first principles thinking and Jason's three-part steps. Very simple, but pretty profound. First of all, identify and define your current assumptions. A profound mindset thing there. It's actually hard to do on your own. 
The second thing is break down the problem into its fundamental principles. And the third thing is then create new solutions based on those principles. Now, we're going to be talking about the fundamental principles on the podcast. And as far as we can, we will be trying to help you define and identify indeed what your current assumptions are. But as we identified, it is pretty hard to do that for yourself. And it sounds a bit self-serving because we both do coaching and run masterminds, but we also both employ or work with mentors or coaches of our own for good reason. It's really hard to observe your own thinking. It's kind of like trying to see the back of your own head. So for that reason, coaches could be really important and so can a peer group. If you wanted to explore working with either myself or Jason, then we both offer both things. So coaching, you can get at winning on Shopify.com and uh, check out the coaching that Jason offers with his co-coach, Kyle Hamer. And I can say from experience, having been one of their um, coaches, if you like their clients for several months, they are really helpful guys. And you can tell that Jason has massive wisdom, but also a lot of common sense. Kyle's incredibly good on the Amazon space as well. If you wanted to work with me more specifically around Amazon private labeling, then go to amazingfba.com forward slash mentoring. For masterminds, I've been running a mastermind for quite a while now, and you just go to theamazonmastermind.com. That's theamazonmastermind.com if you want to check out the work of the 10K Collective podcast. Sorry, the 10K Collective Mastermind, I should say. Podcast is of the same name. Interesting development for uh, Jason and Kyle that they've recently started running masterminds as well, which looks really exciting. So the best place to check that out is on winningonshopify.com. There is a URL. It's winningonshopify.com forward slash nine mantas of traffic community, but with a bunch of hyphens. Uh, that's probably going to be hard to find. But if you go to winningonshopify.com and dig around through there, I think they call it community, join our community, then that's going to be a, a great place to learn as well. So in the end, it's the power of not so much just knowing stuff, but having people help you test your thinking, question your thinking, and then implement stuff. So between the podcast and our uh, various forms of coaching and co-coaching and masterminds, what have you, I think that's where the answer lies. It's not more knowledge, it's more applied knowledge, I would say. And, and self-awareness is one thing, but using other people as a mirror of yourself is easier and more powerful in my experience. And I practice what I preach. I pay people for coaching and I find it incredibly good investment. So biased as I am, I, I still am a believer in what I'm saying. And I think Jason would say the same as well. So that's really the call to action for today. I mean, the only other thing I'm going to say is the obvious thing, which is if you are enjoying what you're hearing and we really will be working hard to bring you a lot more value along these sorts of lines, this particular kind of topic, then don't forget to subscribe in whatever podcast player of your choice to the e-commerce leader with a hyphen e hyphen commerce. And of course, if you are on Apple Podcasts and you're able to give us a review or even just a rating, you can just give us a star rating, that would be incredibly helpful. That's pretty much all we're ever going to ask from you. Podcasts are free, but they take money and effort to create. All we ask is give us a bit of love. And in the end also, go and do this stuff and come back to us and tell us what you've done. That's always exciting to hear. Thanks for listening. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.